The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. How far would you go to achieve your dream of owning a home? For some buyers, that means having to improve your credit history, and that can even include washing your credit. But what does it mean to wash your credit? This is The Principle. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by staff writer Katie Jensen. Katie, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Katie, you wrote about this issue in the newest issue of NMP Magazine. But I guess just to, to start this off, I mean, the question that I just asked, what is what does it mean to wash your credit? So credit washing is when someone fraudulently claims they were a victim of identity theft, and then they systematically dispute every negative item on their credit report. So when uh, the negative items are removed, the fraudster will then apply for a loan with an inflated credit score. So people can do that anyway. What's the difference between credit washing and just sort of fraudulently contesting every single thing on your credit history? So it's very similar to synthetic fraud, which mortgage lenders are already aware of. With with synthetic fraud, um, consumers or companies um, individually uh, dispute charges. Uh, With credit washing, you dispute the actual account itself. So, for example, a consumer might say they never applied for a Capital One credit card when, in fact, they had. So in removing all of those negative items from your credit report will significantly increase your credit score. So it's almost a more efficient way to do that and try to get whole accounts at once as opposed to having to contest every single item. Exactly. So who's doing this? Are people doing it on their own? Because obviously you have the ability to contest things in your credit history. Or is somebody helping them do this? So this is mainly uh, credit repair companies that are advertising to people who are desperately trying to get into a home or get a car. Um, This is very commonly seen um, in the auto industry, but now it's increasing in mortgage lending. So they're gearing their advertisements to first-time home buyers, anybody who's trying to make a purchase. Now that we're shifting more into a purchase market, mortgage lenders need to be very aware of what's going on. So that's usually who they're trying to exploit. Why is it shifting to the mortgage industry? Is it just that these repair companies see a market there or did something happen that made this easier to do? So as we're transitioning out of refinances, everybody knows by now that we're going more into the port the purchase market. So that obviously opens the door for a lot of fraud. Usually people will lie to get uh, to purchase a home rather than to refinance a home. And so these customers, they're looking to buy a home. They might realize that their credit histories are holding them back. And then they go to these repair companies. I mean, we see them advertise on TV, the promise of improving your history, making yourself look like a more attractive borrower, maybe even getting rid of some debt. Would you call these customers victims or are they willing participants or how would you sort of characterize them? For the most part, they are victims. They don't understand or they 
they haven't realized that these are illegitimate credit repair companies. Um, the FTC would say there's hardly any legitimate credit repair companies because credit repair companies, um, they can't really offer you anything that you can't do yourself. So they you pay hundreds of dollars, up to $1,500, just to get them to talk to you. And then they provide a service of improving, quote, improving your credit score. Most of the time, they're um, filing false claims of identity theft. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at OriginatorConnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. Now, what about people who've actually been the victims of identity theft? I mean, that can be a really troubling process to figure out how to get out of it. Can these repair companies help them? So these illegitimate claims, because lenders um, and uh, people who sell auto loans are so used to illegitimate claims of identity theft, um, 98% come through as illegitimate. These real victims of identity theft get grouped in with them. So it creates this negative response bias that they fall into. So they actually get hurt with their claims aren't taken seriously. Yes, exactly. Now, lenders have units to detect fraud. I mean, you mentioned synthetic uh, instances of this, attacking, trying to challenge each account or each each item rather, that lenders have units, they have systems to kind of catch this type of fraud. So is that is that all they need to do or what do they need to know about credit washing? Really, they need to be more diligent in the process of catching someone in their illegitimate claim. So typically, um, well, first of all, the more information the lender has about the borrower, the better it'll be able to determine whether the identity theft claims are truthful or not. So if a consumer claims identity theft on a credit card from over three years ago, but the lender sees the card was mailed to the correct address, um, a card was ma- a call was made to confirm the card was received and all information matches up with the consumer's information, then they weed out that that's an indication that it's not a real identity theft claim. So it's all about the information you already have on the borrower. But if a credit washer was able to get the negative accounts removed without the lender or any investigators flagging it as illegitimate, they get added to the system with a good credit score that inaccurately represents what kind of borrower they are. So they really might have a 500 credit score that was inflated up to 780. So really now you don't know what type of borrower that you're dealing with, and it's nearly impossible to check these credit scores once they've been added to the system. So once a borrower has their credit washed, you can't reverse that and get things put back on their history. No, it's all about de- being diligent prior to that. Does are, are lenders, from what you've gathered, from what you talked to, are lenders doing this? Are they aware of this problem or is this something that they're just catching up to? So credit washing itself is new to the mortgage industry. Um, it increased rapidly. Um, in the auto industry around 2017, 2018, when the FTC made changes um, in order for real victims of identity theft to easily dispute charges. So this was made to help real victims. And now it's being exploited by many, many credit repair companies. So it sounds like lenders are still catching up to this problem and figuring out how to catch it before, as you said, it's irreversible. Yes, exactly. Sure. Thank you uh, for your time, Katie. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we'll have more headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. 
Here's the rest of your headlines for today, June 20th. The number of CEOs who think we're headed for a recession continues to grow. According to a survey by the Conference Board, a think tank, 60% of CEOs think that inflation will come down in the next few years, but not without a recession. Meanwhile, 61% of those executives think that the economy has gotten worse. That's up from just 35% in the first quarter. Home sales dipped in May, down 3% from the prior month. That's only the second time May's monthly numbers fell from April in the 10 years that Redfin has tracked this data. The only other time Redfin reported a reduction in May was 2020. And finally, home construction startups fell by 19% in May. Home builders continue to face higher costs and supply chain issues. Meanwhile, the rising cost of homeowners is keeping down demand for new homes. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.